Open Performer Passion Episode 6. Uh, I want to thank everyone again for tuning in uh, and appreciate everyone that has been uh, sharing their experience with the podcast and uh, all the accolades that we have received. Myself and Sam uh, really appreciate all your support. We're going to uh, discuss some kind of Patreon activity that uh, we're probably going to provide in the future uh, as a means to just, you know, cover some overhead here with uh, studio time and everything of that nature. So, uh, you know, be on the look for that. New York is a, I mean, what can be said in regards to its influence and impact on hardcore, uh, you know, it is the, you know, for many and arguably so for everyone at basically be all and all location for uh, a lot of the different, you know, styles, vibes, ideal sets, everything within the genre of hardcore. It, it, it came from like this location um, or was at least influenced by this location or passed through it in some way. Um, I would say the culture within uh you know, New York now is is something that has probably, in regards to hardcore, evolved a lot with the change and development of the city from the 1980s to now. Um, today, we're going to be speaking with somebody who uh, has been born and raised uh, within the confines of New York City, and you know their experiences being in bands from there. And their experiences uh, on how the folklore, the mythology, and uh, just everything that is New York hardcore and hardcore in general has influenced them now. Uh, I'm currently sitting with Andrew Vacante uh, of Combust fame, and uh, I am interested to hear everything that he has to say about his time period starting out in hardcore to now. Andrew, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. Andrew, where are you from? I am from Staten Island, New York. Staten Island. Yes. Give me a breakdown. Uh, just uh, paint me a picture of the world that is Staten Island. Uh, Staten Island's cool and unique for New York City because you have like the suburban area of it and there's a lot of you know you have a lot of city kind of areas to it too but i mean it's like you grow up in this kind of like i said suburban setting but then manhattan and brooklyn is like your backyard you know what i mean right. like that's your playground like it's a ferry right away it's a bus right away it's right over the bridge um it's for me in my personal opinion mm. i think currently it's the best borough Ooh. And I I know people will beef me on that, and but like I'll put it this way, half the people who will beef me on that don't even actually, you know, they weren't actually even born and raised in New York, so they don't understand. This is something that I hear you hear you speak about pretty often, and, I, and I'm I'm gonna get into that later because I th I think it's very interesting, living and being from where like you were born some location and then you attach a certain level of pride to it and carry that into adulthood, and I think pride is something that comes up you know, pretty often within kind of the messages within hardcore. Okay, why, uh, based on what you just said, is Staten Island the best borough in New York City? It's where all the people who actually were born in Brooklyn or Endor, Manhattan and Queens and all that, they are now living in Staten Island. So you kind of see like how all the culture of old school New York gets kind of preserved in Staten Island in like these okay. certain towns. Okay. You know what I mean? 
So, I mean, like my whole family was born and raised Brooklyn. Right. You know, and then everyone in my family moved to Staten Island. You know, I mean, like, but now you go to Brooklyn in the city and what do you see? You see tourists occupying everywhere. So there's no there's no actual New York culture, I feel, in New York anymore. And if you find it, it's very rare. Do you, I mean, has this something that you've watched change over your lifetime? Or has it been more something that happened prior to, you know, you being born or... What, um, year, what year were you born? I was born in 93. Okay. Um, I spent a lot of my childhood, like, you know, uh, running around Brooklyn, like mm. I said, because I still had family there. So, like, a lot of my time was spent in Red Hook when I was okay. a kid uh, with my family and stuff like that. Right. Um, I can't really, like, so I can't really tell you how it's changed from when, when I was, like, super young yeah. to now. Yeah. But, I mean, I can even say that there's been a change from when I first started going to shows in Brooklyn and the city mm-hmm. to now. You know, when I was like 13, 14, taking public transportation to the shows in the city in Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Like, definitely the vibe overall has changed drastically. So you're going to shows and you're like 13 or 14. Yeah. Public transit. Yeah. You know, uh, everything. More so public transportation when I was like later 14, about to be okay. 15. Okay. You grow. I mean, you're growing up prior to this. We'll we'll get there because I th- I think that's an interesting concept on its own. It's not like you're like in a location where you're like driving with a bunch of friends, you know, like someplace or whatever. It's like the city is is large, but like you said, Manhattan's your backyard. You know, yeah. Brooklyn's like not that far away. Uh, you know, you're in Staten Island. You're going to your first shows, thirteen or fourteen. How did you discover hardcore? So when I was uh, really young, about like I want to say. 10 11 right um i was just starting to like discover um metal okay through a friend in uh junior high like what kind of what kind of bands are you talking about uh here? so i'll never forget this this uh, i was uh I, I i had this friend in um in math class his name was matt goldberg okay and i don't know how we became friends really i guess we were just like the two kids that no one spoke to in okay. school. So, um, and I remember one day he was like, hey, like what kind of music do you like? And at the time I listened to Eminem okay. and like Limp Bizkit. And, it kind of uh, seems like you do that now. Yeah, oh man, I still fuck with Eminem, <laughs> let's go. But uh, he was like, all right, like when we hang out after school day, like I wanna I wanna bring, buy a CD and see if you fuck with it. And okay. I was like, okay. So I remember we go to my house, he came over with this yellow boom box. Right. We sit in my room, we lock the door. Yeah. He puts on System of a Down. Oh yeah oh boy yeah and uh the first track i was like just i don't know man i don't know something happened it it just it really struck a chord with me and i instantly felt a connection to this kind of music it was like so so abrasive i mean like i mean i was always a fan of like aggressive music because like if you remember i don't know if you really fuck with eminem like that but like the eminem show yeah like yo there was like aggressive tracks on that limp biscuits aggressive i remember i was super into uh Good Charlotte okay. before that too, but I didn't know that was like punk. Is I he, had a huge, uh, I had a huge taste for like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtracks oh, before I knew yeah. about any of that. So, oh, yeah. but I didn't know it was punk and hardcore music at the time. You right. know what I mean? No, I remember um, one of the first shows I went to. Actually, the first show I went to was because Agent Orange was playing, and the only context I knew about them was that they had that song, the song on Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I like that song, Bloodstain, so I'm gonna go to this show. Yeah, so I, I, you know, what's interesting is like. I love when I meet people that found punk and hardcore through some stuff like that because I, I feel like there's a fair amount that are like, 
oh, I'm playing these skateboard game, like video games or whatever, and there's these like soundtracks or, or stuff or skate videos. Yeah, and like I'm hearing like these things, and it's, I feel like it's always really interesting, like uh, fi- like finding the genre kind of through that and how you can kind of connect with people that did. So you hear System of the Down, yeah. not a hardcore band, not a hardcore band at, at, at all, all. Uh, but something about the level of aggression, yeah, uh, grabs you. Yes. So, so where do you go from there? So me and this kid, that kid Matt Goldberg, we start a band. Okay. Um, it's like a three-piece metal band. I'm playing. I I get my first bass. How old are you? Uh, I'm like about eleven. Okay. So did you? You had not played bass prior. I've not played bass prior. I just like he he uh, gave me my first bass. Okay. Uh, he told me to learn uh, some Black Sabbath songs. So I was gradually getting into like more metal stuff. He was showing me like. Iron Maiden and like you know together me and him would get into like metal band like more metal bands so this is still like 11 12 years old time frame so I'm telling uh I was close to my uncle at the time who mm-hmm. lived who lived like uh, next door to me we had a townhouse yeah so he lived in the other house so and I was really close with him so I was telling him about how I'm getting into all this music and I'm starting a band and he goes oh my son is super into you know heavier music you know, you should talk to him about that kind of stuff. Okay. So I remember, like, next family gathering, uh, my cousin Chris is there. So now he he's gonna play like a huge role in my life. He, All right. He um, I'm telling him about how I'm like into System of a Down, like Slipknot, Iron Maiden, all that kind of shit. Okay. And he's like, I'm gonna give you some CDs, and I think I you know I think you might fuck with it. So next time I see him, like a week later. Yeah. He comes to my house with he's got Chromax, Age of Quarrel, uh Sick of It All, Blood, Sweat, No Tears, Madball, Set It Off, uh Ignacy Front, Victim of Pain, like just literally like Bible records yeah. on burnt CDs. Yeah. Right. I still have all of these CDs. Wow. He gave me about uh, no joke, maybe like over a hundred burnt CDs of That's like uh, just That's essential so cool, punk and hardcore music. Uh the first one I did was Chromax Age of Quarrel. I, you know, ironically That's- I hated it at first. Ah, like I, I, my yo, first, I, I get that. Some of the first horror her ass. Yeah, I, I mean, I, again, I was super young, yeah. so I, I first listen of Age of Quarrel, I was like, man, this is like kind of weird. I don't know if I can fuck with it. But then I, I put on a uh, sick of it all, blood, sweat, and no tears. Okay, and then like, I, I, I took off from there. So like, I was hooked on everything about hardcore music from there. I mean, I obviously eventually learned to love the Age of Quarrel, yeah, but right. of course, but um, yeah, I. Since I got those CDs, it was kind of like nothing but hardcore music for me for a very, very long time. I I wrote off anything else. Okay, so you just you were done with metal. I was just you were, I. You were out. I was I was done with metal. I mean, like I still would, you know, indulge in it. Because, I mean, there's undeniable great bands. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, ever since I I found hardcore, I hit the ground running with it. Like. I told my metal band, like, uh, we have to cover Minor Threat. We have to cover Agnostic Front. And right. if we were a three-piece metal band, I remember our first show, um, we did a Dead Kennedy song. Have you been to a hardcore show at this point? Not yet. That's interesting. So yes. you're playing it, but you haven't... Yeah, because it, I, I, was so, I was so hungry to play a fucking show. Right, right, right. And, like, we were super young. And, yeah. like, so I remember we did it as a three-piece. And we did... We had, like, two originals, and we did, like, Iron Maiden cover... Uh, Dead Kennedys cover we did Police Truck and like I, I forget some other cover cool. and um, cool. yeah so I was just really just that that's when I knew Hardcore became like my life what was the name of your band <laughs> uh, we were 
called Preaching to the Converted. Oh. Yeah. Lovely. Wonderful. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> amazing band name. So, uh, Preaching to the Converted. You're playing <laughs> yeah. that with your friends. You guys are playing in these Minor Threat covers, these Dead Kennedys covers. When does that stop and what do you do next musically? Or okay. when is your first show? Okay, my first show. Like, um, I was 12, 13 years old. Okay. So my cousin Chris, right? So he takes me to... Uh, he takes me to a veil. Oh, interesting. At okay. the knitting factory. Shout out to here. <laughs> yeah. And, um, dude, I didn't know what to expect. The only shows I've seen at this point, right, were like live live shows were mm. I've seen Iron Maiden and I've okay. seen The Who. Okay. And Guns N' Roses. That's pretty sick, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. That yeah, yeah. Was definitely dope. But that, that was all I was exposed to at the time when it came to like a live set. Like, like going to a show to see a band, yeah. right? So. We go to the Knitting Factory. I don't know if you've ever been to the old Knitting Factory back in the day, but the venue's kind of like, it's straight. It's a New York venue. It's grimy. It's Aww. it's it's kind of like close quarters for like a bigger band. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so Val's playing. Uh, I remember feeling so small in this venue. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay. I had to have been the only kid there. Like there was no- How old are you? I was like 12 or 13. Okay. So, um, and I'll never forget first note of Avail. Yo, this place is- absolutely erupted just like every like on top of the fucking like like pipes and shit like jumping off the fucking walls like Mm. i mean i've never seen anything like that in my whole entire life it was just it captivated me and like i fell in love 110 percent. so you see this you know about hardcore you see avail which is a punk band but has like such a the hardcore world like like embraces them so much oh um, yeah you know and, and everything so you, you see this uh you know you're you're taking in what are you doing next are, are you like coming back to your band being like you know we need to like like i just saw something incredible like oh yeah well okay so now so now i'm i'm back in school right after the show okay and uh I basically feel like I'm the coolest person in the world. Okay. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm the only person in this in this fucking school who knows about anything about hardcore music. Right. This is my shit now. So okay. I go to my friends and I'm like, okay, we have to be a straight edge band. Okay. Uh, now we're where, still playing metal. Where did where had you discovered this? Where is it just do like like learning about minor threads? This is or? all this literally everything that I learned as a child was yeah. from my cousin. From He's. Cousin. He's um actually a graph writer. He does uh, okay. robots will kill. Gotcha. Uh, which is kind of like pretty well known in the oh, in the graffiti I've, I've world. I've like heard of that. I don't know. I know I, yeah. I don't know anything about it. But I've heard that. Um, yeah. he was like the first site to do like you can post your your art yeah. to um like the internet. Okay. So that was why it took off really well with the merchandise too. So gotcha. Um, he's he's uh an older dude. Okay. Um, and he's still to this day with a family. Yeah. Still straight edge. Still goes to shows. Cool. He's. You know, uh, but when I was coming up learning everything, he literally just supplied me with all the information I ever needed. So he, I looked up to him. He was straight edge. I felt straight edge was basically, basically what I was because at the time, even when I was younger, there were kids doing, doing drugs, drinking alcohol, all that shit. I never connected with it. So had you, had you done anything? No, I've never done anything. Me neither. I never did. Um, so I, I understand that kind of like, yeah. Well, you're like, and that's kind of how Australia's happened for me, where I found out about it, and I was like, when I was younger, I didn't want to like attach a label to myself, but I was already living like that. And then eventually, I was like, you know what? I was like, I am. I've already been living this way. Yeah, you know, kind of. Thing. So I get what you're talking about. Um. So 
You want to so make a band straight edge, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm going back to my band. We're, like, doing minor threat covers and agnostic. We did an agnostic front cover. Okay. And, like, it's just not making sense at this point. Right, you're a metal band um, that's playing these. Yeah, and, and no one okay. no one in the band at the time liked hardcore. Okay. No one playing with me liked hardcore. Right. So I was always, like, constantly fighting with them to play hardcore music. And then um, eventually, after, like, another year or so of doing, uh, like, another two years of doing that, metal kind of shit mm-hmm. um eventually i was just like i can't i can't like front a metal band anymore yeah. like i gotta i gotta break away from that okay. so so you were you like 14 um i was 15? F- about 14 and then i started playing bass for this band uh look at me now okay which is just like a staten island band that no one n- knows ever what was it like it was like a uh, champion interesting yeah kind of a, not really what i expected with that with that name are you like hearing like the melodic like pacific northwest sound and are yeah you, like, it was like, like i was at it? the time i was like me and me and a group of friends so staten island had like our own little scene okay like at the time for yeah. younger kids and like there were a lot of mixed bills it was like a lot of metalcore bands playing with hardcore bands there was like the predominant hardcore band of staten island which was uh at the time kids carry germs okay. and they were I've like never heard of it no you're never you're never gonna hear okay. of any of these bands okay um but like for our scene, it was like that was the band that to go the for band. the on the weekend. You know what I mean? All right. But uh, what were they like? They were like just a straight up hardcore punk band. Okay, just straightforward. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I was in Look at Me Now, and and like so, um, a group of my friends who were getting into hardcore at at, at the time. Um, so we we were like really connecting with more of like the. Posse bands, so okay. like that was definitely Gorilla a word Biscuits. that was used yeah. then. Yeah. So like Gorilla Biscuits was like big for us, and like yeah. Half Hard, and like yeah. all those bands. So yeah, we wanted to start a band that sounded like that, so we did that. Okay. And then um, I started playing bass for that band, Kids Carry Germs. Okay. And which was like kind of like a big deal. A big like deal. oh man, I mean Kids Carry Germs, you know like. And then I um after that is when I started uh Vice. Okay, so you're in high school. I am, um, yeah. So you're in high yeah. school and vice starts. Okay, so you start this band. What What's the intention? Like, what's like? What are you thinking? Like, what are you trying to do? Like, are you quitting your other band or, you know, where are things at? Um. Well, ba- so like by the time Vice started, like all the bands I was playing bass for, mm-hmm. which was Look at Me Now and Kids Carry Germs, right? Uh, those bands like dissipated. Okay. So, uh, Kids well, Carry Germs is kind of still active, but like I just. Stop playing in it. What kind of places are they? Are they they're playing on Staten Island? What kind of places are they playing on Staten Island? Like, what, we what had like venues? three. We had three major venues on okay. Staten Island for like that the, our local scene that right. we would you know. Um, there was this place called the Cup, okay, which would go through like ten different names: the Muddy Cup, uh, the Full yeah, Cup, yeah, yeah. the Cup, <laughs> uh, Art Cipher, and then uh, Dock Street. Okay, so those were like the three like places that if you wanted to book a show. You would go there. Okay. You would go to those places. You're, you're not like doing like houses or anything like or, or something mm. like that. The the closest we would get to a house show on Staten yeah. Island is like a backyard show. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just, I was just curious, like, because the culture around stuff like that is different everywhere you go. Like, you know, like I see like you see like those garage shows that happens in like California sometimes and stuff. because yeah. they don't have basements. You yeah. Know? Whereas like here you got mad basements. I think um, the problem for for that for Staten Island was like all the. Uh, Older people on Staten Island just yeah. like will not deal with that shit oh, in any capacity. They're, they're calling, they're calling oh, cops. yeah. Like, yeah, no cop, question. Cops are showing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, 
even the kid like all of us are not on our own on Staten Island. It's a very like live with your parents kind yeah. of deal. Well, you know, I think that's an interesting that's an interesting thing about the culture of just and from what I've observed, just the North in general, where it's because it's more expensive. Oh so yeah, it behooves you to be like, well, I mean, I think like I can't. And it's like I can't afford to like go out on my own and not live with like five people. You know, or something. Well, it's not like here. Well, like we're still all in high school, and it's like yeah, well, you're kids then, of course. Yeah. You know, um, it's like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna fucking book a show, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go to this place that's only charging me two hundred bucks at the uh, door. That's so, wild. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, what a deal. Um, so you know, you're playing this. You you start Vice. What like when you start Vice? What are you thinking? Like why? Like you're like why make this band? Like what what's on your mind? Um. So I finally like found friends within high school who, um. I kind of had to like sway them in more the direction of hardcore music. Okay. But like now I have friends who now we're constantly going to hardcore shows together. Like, so for a long time, I was going to hardcore shows solely with my cousin. Okay. Like I didn't, he, you, he would go to shows like a lot of the black and blue shows, like okay. the bigger shows like that. Like so I, so I would go to the black city, and blue bowl. You, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He would take me into the city or Brooklyn and we would go to like the bigger hardcore shows for like a couple of years. I didn't know that there was like, I mean, even more underground scene of hardcore you know what i mean so like okay like let me put it this way like uh madball playing in new york mm -hmm. or like sick of it all playing in new york is yeah. like at bigger venues yeah of course. so at the time i didn't know that there were places in new york like where i would eventually go like a year later to like like the cake shop which is like a basement or, oh, or like okay. or johnson or you know what i mean like okay. more venues that were more catered to like the more underground bands like I would I would go I would start go seeing blacklisted ceremony trash gotcha. talks, shows like that you know what okay. I mean so for a long time I would think like okay hardcore shows are Madball at Irving Plaza you know so, what I something mean something really big yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so right. um so now I have friends in high school who were coming with me to shows and we're playing in band now and like we would this is when I start taking public transportation transportation with my friends okay. to go to shows and shit so. Right. Now we start Vice and like like I said, we were very into the era of hardcore that was like super fast and like bands like Trash Talk and Ceremony. And what like, year is this? This is about two thousand nine. Oh, it makes sense for for that that sort of that, that the speed, like yeah. the, the fast core kind of like influence, like you know. And we're a band from New York, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were like really not received well. What's going on in New York at the time? Like what what bands are playing? Like who like who are you seeing that's like local? That's not like the legacy bands like Madball and Sick of It All. Like who's the contemporary? You know what? You know what's weird? What? I I, I couldn't even tell you. You know that's an interesting thing. Dude, like was I mean obviously I feel like there had to have been something, but like is, is it? I'm maybe I'm just drawing a blank right now. But it, when it comes to mind of shows that I would go see mm -hmm. when I was that age, mm -hmm. it would always be like I I don't know. It always it would always be like bigger line like. Like again, like those tours, like like the ceremony, blacklisted tours, like okay. you know, what I mean, coming okay. through New York. So, like, it, so it's the like, tour, it's the package tours, as opposed to like yeah, we got I, four locals and one band on tour, you know. Yeah, I, I really don't. Nothing really sticks out to me because you know what, like who was. I don't can, know. Can you remember any bands no, that were? No, that's the thing. It's kind of why I'm asking. Uh, you New know? York was kind of dead for like local shit for a really long time, and you know what? And as I bring that up, Vice was like. For a long time, yeah. I mean, we weren't recognized as it because no one fucking cared. But right, like, right, right. but like, we were the only current, like, younger New York band, and that that doesn't include like Long Island or anything. No, really. not oh, okay. Excluding Long, long Island was the was the New York holding it down for that era. Yeah, right. right for, with right. newer bands, one hundred and ten percent. Okay, but like for New York City, yeah, there were no bands, 
And Vice was like playing all the time, but the thing was, again, we didn't really get love in New York. Yeah. So we kind of just like set out and did our own thing. So you you know start the band. You know you know you wanted to kind of do stuff of the era, in regards to sound. Do you like you know you're you're playing your first shows on Staten Island? And we like, did our first show actually at the Party Expo in Brooklyn. Okay. I can't remember the lineup. It's like some weird like it was probably some weird like hipster fucking weirdo like kind of on the fringe of power violence kind of bands I gotcha think. gotcha okay so like you you know what like what are you guys doing like what like you know you do you end up like to, are you toying when you're in high school or is it like just kind of playing around there so high school kind of like uh vice was kind of like doing shows sporadically through high school like here and there like mm-hmm. we weren't like we were doing like as much as we could. Like yeah. if we if we got offered a show in New York, we would play. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, um, like there would be the, uh, those shows at the Morgan. Um, okay. Uh, you know what? A kind of a current band that was holding it down for New York, I guess, was like Lion Scrimmage. Oh, okay. But so they were, like, so, like more they're heavier. Band, yeah, it was like definitely like a heavier um, thing. Yeah. Uh, and then so high school goes on. You know, uh, me and all my friends graduate. Right. And now, um. So I guess basically what would happen next is that I go to college. Oh, interesting. Okay. Where do you go? First semester. I go to community college. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. First semester. And um, I think like at that point, we go, we want to go on our first tour. Okay. With this band. um, Who was it? I think it was, I think Crosscheck was our first tour. Gotcha. All right. So the band, like the band prior to like Jesus Peace. Yeah. Like that area. Okay. Yes. Um, and I remember I was in college and they're like, yeah, we want to tour, but like, you know, we can't tour if you're in college. And I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm failing anyway. Let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. So I drop out. I did one semester. All right. And then I was out. So, well done, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. So I tour, I do two tours. Okay. We did, we did two tours of this band, Crosscheck and then back and forth. And then we did like, like occasional weekender shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like we would I do weekend doing a show for back I had, and forth. Yeah. I had a part-time job. So I would take off from that. Where, uh, where are you working? I was working at ShopRite, And this is actually funny because, uh, I was working with the singer of Outburst. Oh, at ShopRite okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very cool. My very friend cool. who got me the job goes, you know, there's this guy who does a uh, frozen section and he's always telling me about how he used to play in bands. And then he introduces me to him. I'm like, Oh shit! <laughs> like you're the guy. You're the did you ever? I mean, did you talk to him about it? Or did you leave him alone? Mm, I, I had literally. I think I said, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's like kind of the extent of. Uh, it's kind of like a. Yeah, it's kind of like kind a of backhanded a, yeah. like <laughs> like way to like introduce yourself to someone. I mean, I was so, so young. Yeah, I was like yeah, 16, yeah, yeah. But like, okay, so so he hates you. Okay, gotcha. All right, we're moving on from that. But, but um. um so, you're so yeah, there. working at Shoprite, doing weekends, blah blah blah. Then I end up doing the tours. How um, long are these tours for? The first two tours that we ever did were like two weeks each. Okay. Um, and then it kind of gets stagnant. Right. Are you are you booking the tours yourself? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I booked I booked both tours myself. How'd you get these contacts? <sighs> oh man, fucking Facebook. Yeah, I guess. just contacting um, people and asking for numbers. Uh, or? Anthony from Crosscheck had contacts, and then like I kind of made contacts from that one to do the back and forth one easier. Okay. Um, just whoever I could, I would hit up whoever I could. Because that's how you know that's how you did it then. That's how it works now as well. 
Um, but I feel like then it was kind of like, oh, I'm like, you're flying blind a little bit, you know, like a little, like you're young, you're in high school or like, you're like right out of high yeah, school. Yeah. I'm you like know? freshly out of high school. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I really didn't, uh, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Right? You're like, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to like hope for the best, you know, kind of thing. Um, all right. So, you know, you're, you're doing that. You're saying things are becoming stagnant. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, we did this incredibly long <laughs> CD. We did a 20 track album. Whose idea like was right that? Right around the time that we started touring. Whose idea was this, Andrew? I guess uh, collectively all of us. Mm. I don't know, man. Okay. We didn't really have a lot of um, guidance. You know what I mean? Yeah, we it kind of sounds like it. it kinda we kind of just like did whatever the fuck we wanted. Because it wasn't like know. an older Staten Island band or like an and older New York band. We didn't have anyone like, in like New York again. Like so no one really like was like throwing us a fucking bone. Yeah. So it was like no one was looking out for us. Right. So we kind of like we kind of like, had this vibe. You okay. know what I mean? Because right. when I got into hardcore, it was like okay. Like, this is my, this is, like, the shit that I love. This is for, like, people who feel like they're fucking outcasted. You right. know what I mean? Of so, course. And then I felt like I, like, naturally you bring that mentality into hardcore because that's what it's about. Like, doing shit your own fucking way. Doing yes. what you want to do. You know what I mean? So, me and my friends all felt like, okay, no one fucks with Staten Island for hardcore music. Like, right. we don't get respected. So, like, we're just going to go our own fucking way. Do whatever we want. Okay. So... That's what we did, and I mean, granted, we made twenty million mistakes along the way. This being one of them. Yeah. So we made this twenty fucking track album. Okay. We do these tours. Um, shit starts kind of getting stagnant a little bit. I go back to school because my mom's like, "You gotta fucking do something. You can't work at Shoprite forever." You know, classic mom shit. Right. Um, I go to this music production school in the city. Uh I'm doing that for a semester. Then, then everyone in Vice goes, yo, let's just tour forever. <laughs> let's just start touring. Constantly. All right. So we do our first tour back from like taking whatever break. We do a full U.S. tour. Okay. I drop out of music school. Okay. After Andrew. one semester. All right. All right. We do 55 days in a pickup truck. Andrew. In a pickup truck. Legend. Yeah. <laughs> Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how was that? Yo, honestly, um, we've done so many fucking tours. Yeah. Vice did so many tours. We did so many stupid, mm. dumb, long tours. Right. And a lot of it, like, men's together, but the first one, I'll never forget it, we're, like, four dudes crammed in this fucking pickup truck for, like, over 50 days all over the country. I'll never forget this tour because this is the first time I saw so many states for the first time. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll never forget the feeling that I had, like, checking out Vegas for the first time yeah. with my best friends. Right. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of the, some of the shows were cool. There's actually videos of some of the shows on that first tour, and, like, some of them were surprisingly dope. Okay. Um, a lot of them were terrible. Uh, okay, all right, you sure. Know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. A I mean, lot of them were really bad. Yeah, okay. Um, but there was just so many moments on that tour. It was like, yo, I'm in California for the fir- first time with like my best friends because of hardcore music. That's an interesting and, thing. And that's what yeah. drove me to keep going. Yeah, because it's like, it's like you know, I'm, as I'm sitting here and you're talking about it, because I know what you eventually end up doing, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I was like, you know, it's an interesting thing where it's like you're not having... It's not like me where like... I mean, like, I... You know, like, learned some things on my own, but, like, eventually met people that were, like, you know, like, 
mentors in Richmond that would be like, you need to do this, you need to do that, or yeah. like way down the road, like a band like Down to Nothing, like taking my band on tour in like Europe or something. Yeah. You don't have we don't have any of that anything like that. Not no, even, we, and it's not even like you have like a band there that's like, ah, oh, we'll throw you a couple bones. It's like yeah, just like nothing. So everything is kind of like on your own, straight up. We yeah. had to work. We had to work for everything. We printed our own merch we right. fucking we did everything on on our own we had to find contacts for tours on our own we right. uh there was maybe like in our whole career of touring for like four years straight mm-hmm. and never coming home practically yeah. like i think maybe uh like one booking agency did one really yeah how old are you when this is happening um, it's like ages 18 to like 24, 23. And Vice started when you were how old? Um, 17? Okay, 17. 16? Okay. So you, you're doing these very long tours, which is also kind of like not, to, I mean, it's like, it's sort of typical of the time if you're like in like a, like a bigger band, but like you're a smaller band doing long tours. Yeah, we had, we, we, we didn't really have like, basically our, our mentality was like, okay, um, so okay, let me let me actually hop back for a second because okay. this this will make more sense this way. So, um, I'm sure you remember the infamous Vice versus Vice beef. Oh uh, yes, I remember there being two bands uh, with the same name. So that like killed us as okay. a band. No one wanted to fuck with us after that. Right. Basically, no one like. I first was like, okay, not only are we from Staten Island, a no name area for hardcore music. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're just like completely trashed on the internet, right? Like, and that's an interesting thing how that us. can happen. It's, it's like, in, like right, it's you know it's crazy. And my head immediately goes to like a, like like stock market, yeah. Where it's like you hear something about a company, and then all of a sudden the stock goes down, you know, kind oh, yeah. of thing. Where it's like where it's like that. Where it's like oh, like there's this, you know, it's it's like there's a band that doesn't want to change their name and another band that doesn't want to change their name, and it's like well, what side am I on, you know, kind of thing. And it boiled down to okay, so Vice from Ohio has like friends and we don't <laughs> so yeah, everyone so. was like okay i'm not obviously not gonna side with these people i've never fucking heard of in my life yeah nor do i know right so basically we felt that that like even one that made us want to go even harder so okay. like okay no one wants to fuck with us because they don't they don't think that we have, have a good rep and like that we suck well we're just gonna fucking literally play every one of their states okay. over and over again until they fuck with us okay so which is a mentality i respect because it's one of protest which I feel like you don't see that much anymore, you know. Our whole career as a band for Vice was like full throttle fuck you. Right. Like right. we don't give a shit. Mm, Just we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Okay. So you so you're playing these places that are like upset at you for not changing your name. <laughs> like uh more so, yeah, more okay. or less, yeah. All right. What occurs then? What's up? What happens next? Well, um so we're torn for a while. Um you know, uh, we had like a couple, like successful seven inches in our own. Like we had our own like cult following for Vice. You know Who, what I mean? Who's putting out these records? Uh, this record label, Frequency Deleted Records. Um, Western Mass. Mass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. They were like a family to us. So. Okay. Um, they really stuck their necks out for us when no one else would. Right. Which was fucking dope. Right. Um. Uh, the main dude who ran it uh, passed away. Oh, years they? ago, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, fucking brain cancer. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I remember kind of hearing about frequency deleted, kind of by periphery of like just Merrimack Valley people. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like they had some fucking hidden gems on that. I yeah, mean, yeah. Revenge was a great band. I uh, remember Product of Waste. Oh, Product of Waste is yeah, on that. Yeah. Ah, I'm, I'm a fan. I, they were I home like, to a lot of those like yeah, 
like power violence cross like, like hardcore fast. crossover-esque bands you know what i mean yeah okay so you know like you have some seven inches out you know yeah. like you're you know coming out with these things like you're in your your early 20s there and yeah all. constantly touring we got a couple seven inches out um just doing as much as we can we do uh mostly mostly like just u.s and okay. then uh, we did puerto rico once and then how did that come about we had a hookup through frequency deleted records because they put out like some puerto rican band on the label and then we came out there and uh probably to this day one of the coolest shows ever yeah how, yeah tell me about it how was oh, that? oh dude first of all we get there and uh so basically we're there for like the weekend we play one show okay this dude um noel he he brings us out you know he picks us up from the airport he he houses us for the weekend shows us around you know what i mean uh pays for all our shit which is you know very grateful for all that um they like treated us like fucking rock stars, man. Yo, it was crazy. crazy. I mean, like they probably like you know they want to take what they can fucking get yeah. out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we set up merch mm-hmm. and sold out before the show even started. That's so crazy, dude. This place was like packed to the gills. Three hundred, like over three hundred kids. Wow. Like knowing our songs, probably yo. This is probably like we probably had a better reaction in Puerto Rico than we'll ever have in New York City. Okay. <laughs> I'll okay. put it that way. All right. Yeah. So, so, so I said to say the show was good. So, you, so yeah. you know, we, we, you know, we do this and that, and then, you know, it just kind of like, just kind of becomes like really, really, um, I guess played out for like some of the members, like, you know, some of them are dealing with drug addiction some of them are fucking, mm. you know, like, uh, they have city jobs and like, they want to go pursue the city job that they have waiting for him and like if it was up to me i would tour for the whole rest of my fucking life but right. you know um i guess it comes it came to a certain point where it's like okay it's four years of doing nothing but stealing food yeah you know what i mean like scraping by right uh and i mean i can imagine that takes a toll like yeah. yo being in vice is very stressful because again yeah. everything we did everything ourselves man. right like yeah, yeah not that i regret it in any way i have some of the best stories I'm sure you learned a lot. And memories, and yeah. I learned a lot, you know what I mean? But, uh, so, you know, everyone just was kind of, like, burnt out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, that kind of left me with, like, nowhere to go. Yeah. I felt, you know, because it was like, wow, this is the only life I knew. All I did was tour. I was never home. Right. <laughs> we're, we're stealing <laughs> chopped meat from Walmart and cooking it in a in a pan in our van with a hot plate and a propane tank all right <laughs> yeah we, yeah we, we, we were just right. dumb man so i mean it was just like kind of a hard transition so i had to come back home and like kind of restart my life yeah. uh we had a we had a screen printing business and then that disintegrated when our bass player me and the bass player were the only original members right and we did the screen printing business as well as vice mm-hmm and then he sold all the equipment without oh, asking me oh wow okay and then uh I kind of like just, it's kind of beat. Like yeah, everyone had their yeah. own jobs I mean, this is and tough. shit. And then, um, it's tough. It's what you've been doing. So I was like, you know, finding whatever part-time jobs I could. And, okay. And then. Uh, How, when is this? Like, I, like. Probably like, so our last tour was 2015. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So now I'm, I'm back home. I'm like taking whatever jobs I can, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Impact. Okay. I was playing drums for. Okay, I remember. I was playing bass with his band Nerves End, so I was playing in those two bands at the same time. Um, and we were playing shows here and there while Vice was like inactive. And then I started singing for this other band. I disappeared, which is more like a 
Converge kind of band. I believe so. I saw I Disappear once yeah. in Virginia Beach. In Virginia Beach, yeah. Yes, I did see all there. Um, which is not really like my thing. Yeah. But I just, I had this urge to front a band. Okay. And I was only playing drums in Impact and bass for Nerves End. So I was okay. like, uh, so I How did, did you learn how to play these instruments? Dude, I was all, I was honestly self-taught. Okay. Um, well. I played bass from, Yeah, when like you were said, younger, yeah. Yeah, when I was super young. But then for that band Nerves End, how we would write songs, it was like a straight up kind of like punk band. Okay. How we would write songs is basically, uh, I would be on drums and our drummer would be on guitar. Okay. In the practice space. And right. I'd just fuck around. Okay. And eventually we were like, yo, we should just do a lineup like this. And it's actually uh, Dave who plays drums for Combust now. Okay. Uh, so he's been in every band that I've been in. He was oh, wow. in Vice, Impact, Nerves, and now gotcha. Combust. So. Gotcha. So uh, that leads us to, you know, like the ending of Vice and the beginning of Combust. Yeah, essentially. So like all these bands that I would do and break up. So right. Vice, Vice uh, stops playing. Uh, Nerves End breaks up. Impact breaks up. I Disappear breaks up. Uh, Vice does our last show. Okay. And now, so now we're at Combust and Reaction. Okay. Oh, yes, of course. Reaction as well. So how, when did Combust start? How did, Was that just like right after Vice? You're like, I want to keep playing or... Um, Vice did our last show and I started, um, I already had songs written like on uh, this shitty fucking guitar. I don't know. Yeah. I, I always wanted to do just a straight up hardcore band because I feel like, I mean, like that's my favorite kind of music. That's yeah. that's my favorite style of hardcore, you know? But, and yeah. I, I was like, damn, like vice was doing it for so long. And like, I neglected my favorite kind of vibe, favorite, you favorite know what vibe, I mean? Yeah. But, uh, so I had this demo written kind of like half ass written. And then I linked up with, uh, our current guitarist and he wrote, um, one of the tracks on the demo. And then we started getting together with, uh, Dave, the drummer and, you know, I mean, just the demo fell into place, and I think we did that what 2018. Okay. We put it out, or like, like right before 2018. But say it's like it's like okay, so it's 2019 now. You, you come out. You, it was like the it was like the tail end of 2017. Like done done a fair amount in, in that time period. Uh, if it you know if it was just last year, so you you know you, you put this band together like very killing time outburst vibe like yeah. the old class in New York. You know, some of the music that. Uh, you know when you said you got on those burn cds it sounds yeah. like you know like, like like the original stuff that you were hearing and um you know influencing you to do that so you are uh you know you start the band like what was your first show the first combust show was uh chromags at the kingsland wow that's yeah. a hell of a first show yeah i mean definitely Definitely a fucking cool first show. We had a lot of our friends come out. It was cool. It was cool. It was cool. 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 Um, and then you have the demo. You're playing. You know. Yeah, on, we put on... out the demo, and then uh, those dudes um out in Europe hit us up to to press it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Was that just all straight the, and alert? Did they just like contact you on their own? Yeah, or? they 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 hit me up through like Instagram or something. Okay. And uh, I was very surprised. Yeah. I mean, it was so much of a different vibe from like like being in like Vice to Kimbus. Yeah. It was like again, we had to do everything on our own and it was like we felt like we never got the respect that we felt like we deserved and mm. blah 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 blah. And like now Kimbus put out a demo and it was like Here's an offer. Yeah. You like know. <laughs> Here you go. I want to. I want to pressure demo on. Vinyl. Sometimes that happens like that though. So, yeah. Know, I, I think sometimes it's like you know you make something and it's cool. 
um, and you know it's good, but just doesn't grab the people like you want it to. And then you make something else that you also, you know, you're into, but it just it just hits it hits people differently for yeah. whatever reason. I, I don't know what the magic behind that necessarily is, um, but I, but I see it all the time. I think it had, probably had something to do with the fact that I just wanted to piss everyone off when I was in Vice. So yeah, I did so. everything in my power to just fucking well, make people mad. I'll do it. Uh, so you, you know, like this, this gets, you know, like you get your demo press and everything of that nature. Uh, what starts the relationship with Edgewood records, which your EP just came out? <clears throat> um, so, uh, I believe we were like, we were doing that two song promo. Okay. Yes. And, um, we were like shopping it out to like people and, uh, I believe Harry hit me up mm. from Regulate and was like, nice. yo, you should do Edgewood. Yeah. Here's Craig's number. Speak to him. So I felt I felt like uh like an instant kid like I connection for Edgewood because it's like my favorite current bands are on it, mm -hmm. uh my friends' bands are on it. Right. Uh I feel like it just holds the mentality of how hardcore should be. Like just friends supporting friends yes. and like real fucking hardcore bands going out and like putting out real fucking material. You know what I mean? Right. Like it just gives off that genuine vibe. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I, I be, even not being friends with the people involved, I would agree that it has something that's like, okay, these are people that are uh, students, students of the game, so yeah. to speak. You know, it's like you can tell the other people like listen to the classics, regardless of how uh, modern the music sounds. You know, between band to band, uh, and you know, I, I, I get based on your upbringing and within the genre, I totally get why you would be like, this seems like the right fit for my new york styled hardcore band um so you contact craig uh and you know they go ahead and you know agree to do the ep and everything you you know i i based on you having the demo out at the end of 17 it being 19 and you just saw your physical copy of the ep for the first time today yeah. being in uh june of 2019 that's a that's a pretty quick you know that's like a pretty quick jump you know, because I asked you, I was like, is this the first, like, I mean, it's, an, it's a one-sided EP, but it's like, is this the first, like, LP format of a band you've had? That, yeah, you know, you hold? Never, never held a 12-inch of my own music, which That's is wild. probably the coolest. Does that feel? How yeah, does that I feel? Just, <laughs> I, it's something I've always, always fucking wanted. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's what a lot of people just, they just want a fucking LP to they hold, it, you know what I mean? You know, but You know, and I, I think it's like, I think there is something, that, there is something about the sensation of having a physical piece of music you're like this is this is it this is this is like the kind of thing that i saw when i was growing up this is the kind of thing that i saw when i was like in stores or you know i'd, I'd go to a show and i'd be like oh there's a record on like the table or whatever yeah and everything there's something about that that uh has a certain a certain sensation to it um so you know you're doing combust and you know you've been within the past uh you know since you're you know the beginning you've been like you know playing good shows and everything when do you join reaction how does that become a thing um reaction was like about definitely not a year ago probably like less than a year ago right less than a year ago okay. probably yeah i'm so terrible with time and memory Sorry. it's terrible but uh yeah um i just hooked up with reaction because you know me and harry hang out a lot right and uh was hanging out with connor and grant and like okay. they were starting the band and yeah. basically I, I had no hand in writing the demo but they 
or I didn't record on the demo either, but like they brought it to me and they're like, hey, just you want to play bass? And Connor recorded on the demo. Yeah, yeah, he recorded bass on the demo. You know, Connor from Kulu and uh, golly, what, what else is he in? Reaction, Illusion, Illusion. Countdown. He was in the Countdown. Yes, yes. And, you know, I think that's something interesting as well is that like kind of what you spoke about earlier from an outsider's perspective of like being someone in Virginia and like but touring and everything like that. I would look to New York City and Brooklyn, yeah, and things of that nature from out here, and be like, like I would go to, to Black and Blue every year, and I'd be like, oh, like you know, like those bands, I I will go to New York and see them in like a big venue and, and everything. But in regards to there being like like the Brooklyn scene or like like the contemporary non legacy band New York scene, I was always a little confused because um, I couldn't like pick out. Band, you know, maybe some punk stuff. You know, like like a warthog or yeah. I or, mean, you know, there was stuff like a lot that. of that back in, but I um, I but, didn't have a or yeah, grasp exactly, on yeah. what it was. Like stuff that's going on. It's like New York's all right. I feel like right now is like I'm like oh I can name bands that I associate with New York City and Brooklyn, which I couldn't do. I'll say this: a it few definitely yeah, it definitely. I feel like New York for younger for a younger scene, it's like. Probably the best it's been in, in a very long time. Right, you have a Kulu. You when have you, so so you you were saying you you go to the black you would go to the black and blue ball right since 2011. Okay, yeah, I so, believe I would go every year. Now think think about this: like when the opening bands were were playing black and blue ball. Yeah, who who well, is who is opening the I mean, newer bands that were from New York City? Okay, uh, let's see if I remember. Um, Bottom out, I remember that one year. Long Island. Yeah, Long Island. That's right. I it was remember. always incendiary. Yeah. Backtrack. It was yeah. always Long Island well, was like, repping yeah. for current New York New hardcore. New York hardcore, yeah. It was, it was and Long like, Island. And New York City was weird back then too because it was like like separate cliques. Okay. For each kind of show. There would be like the kids that would go to the Acheron shows. There'd be the kids that would go to the Morgan shows. Okay. There would be like all like there was no there was never a sense of like everyone's united. Like, like this is a community. Yeah, like, you it was, know, this it is was like, never you know, like that. It was like right. these kids stuck to their own shows, and then these, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like it's kind of weird. Yeah, kind of weird. What do you what do you attribute that to? Why do you think that's that? Why do you think it was that way? I really wish I knew because I was the one going to all of them. Was it? Is it the kind of thing where you think it was maybe it's because people had moved there? And weren't like from there, or at the, at, being as young as I was, mm-hmm. like when I was going to those shows when I was like fifteen to eighteen, yeah, or whatever. You know, like uh, I really didn't have a grasp on it in that kind of way. Okay. Where I was like, oh man, these people are tourists. It was kind of like because yeah. it was still new to me. Yeah, like going to those shows at the yeah. time. Like I was still like, okay, you know, I've, I've only been going to these shows for a couple of years. You know what I mean? So like, I can't really attest to who these fucking people are. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um. You know, and I and I was do I I would book my own shows on Staten Island, and I just think it was just and like no one would ever leave Staten Island. It would be only me and my friends in Vice who would who would leave Staten Island to oh, go to shows. Everybody out there. else was just there. Yeah, like, like again, like Staten Island kids stayed on Staten Island. So right. if I'm booking a show on Staten Island, yeah, it's gonna be only only kids from Staten Island. It's yeah, not like kids I, from the city or traveling. I think the Staten only Island. time I ever booked a show that had like other people come through was like I was a. Uh, I was 16 and I did a show. It was CDC. Oh wow! Yeah, lifeless. Okay. Line of scrimmage. Okay. And then like two locals. Very heavy show. Yeah, and then and then uh, this was like one of the first shows I did that like had other people coming through. 
And, I imagine kids from Pennsylvania probably. Show yeah, up. it was like it was like a mixed bag yeah. of people, but it was like one of the first shows I did was like, oh, this is more than just Staten Island. This is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, it was on the same day as my mom's wedding, <laughs> so I had to leave the wedding to go do this show, and the cops shut it down because people were grabbing wood off the side of the fucking venue and throwing it and shit. Um, then the next, I think the ne- one of the next like bigger shows I did that had more than Staten Island kids come out was uh, Incendiary and King Nine. Okay. It was uh, Incendiary King Nine Vice. Okay. So you're doing you're, couple. You're doing you're promoting yeah, was, as well. Uh, yeah, I was like, doing you know, I was like, doing a lot of shows on Staten Island. Okay. Okay. So you, you really have had a hand in pretty much everything. Tour yeah, booking. Yeah. I. You know, show promotion, like bands. You know, other like than, I said, once I found once I found hardcore music, it was kind of like that was a wrap like for this me. Is it was kind of like all I. To yeah. this day, it's really still all I care about. If yeah. I didn't have a full time job, I'd be. Finding Just, some way to... I'd be immersed in hardcore 24-7. Right, right. No, I mean, and I, I understand. It's one of the reasons I do this podcast and, and have people on like yourself that are like, this is this is not only an aspect of my life, and I've said this in, in many episodes, it's not only an aspect of life, this is like an integral part of who I am. If I'm being honest, I don't understand, and not, I'm not trying to talk shit in any way, but I don't, I don't understand people who say that they love hardcore music, but like they... But at the same time, they'll be like, "Oh, like get some more hobbies other than hardcore music." Like, right? Not, not I have other hobbies than hardcore music, but what? Why? What's so bad about loving it so much to a point where like, like you care about it so deeply? You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like, I feel like kids just like don't view it as that. If you don't put, it's what it's what differentiates the genre from everything from other genres. It. It if it's the kind of thing where it's like you know you take the world of metal for example I go to like a metal show like I, I say I go see um, like uh, I go see Cannibal Corpse yeah yeah I'm gonna see people there I know but you know for the most part it's not like like you know this feeling of like all right like there's like a like a big com- like community I'm part of like the Richmond metal scene you know when i go see cannibal yeah no it's definitely not like that and like now there are metal shows i go to here i do feel that way but there's certain aspects that kind of remind me of like hardcore when i go like if i go here and i see like an iron reagan show or i see like like this being like wind hand or or like like you know municipal waste or whatever if i if i go to like some stuff like that i'll get aspects of it that i'm like okay i feel like i'm a part of like like something specifically akin to where i'm from but but the thing is is that it feels like hardcore. I'm not attributing it to like that, you know, particular show. I'm like, oh, the, I feel like I'm at a hardcore show right now, you know, kind of thing. So that's the thing is that if you are gonna foster that feeling, if you're going to like be like, I am, you know, helping to like build a community and I'm a part of this community, no one should shake a stick at the fact that you're like, I really care about keeping this going and I really care about keeping, you know, the integrity of this. 100%. You know? Um, and that, and that's and that's the thing is I think, uh, albeit it's, it's, a, it's a trite word within the genre, I think integrity of the integrity of the music being made, of the ideal sets, of the practices and everything of like what goes on in hardcore is something that like needs to be preserved. Obviously, things should grow and evolve and, and everything like that, or else you're just kind of do, you know doing karaoke of things that have already occurred. But I think there's traditions and ideas that make hardcore what it is and once it loses those and once kids aren't being influenced by those anymore or they don't care it's not the same thing anymore um i know you probably have like a like a 
uh, you know, and like we'll we'll end on on this note here on, on this particular discussion. I'm sure you know, as someone who's experienced hardcore through every lens that you've experienced, it, you probably have you know certain viewpoints and certain opinions on what you see now that you like and dislike. So, based on that, what do you see now that you're like? I think this is better than it used to be, and what do you see now that you think could use improvement? Um, I think what I see now is, I guess, I think what needs improvement the most is like, I, I, and this is not really something that you could like take and be like, oh, okay, let's work on this. Right, right, right. What I see is a lot of lack of like, and you know, I, it's so hard to not come across as like a fucking dick in yeah. this way, but it's like, I don't see kids with like aggression. Mm. And I don't see, I don't see, um, I just don't, I just don't have the same vibe. And it could be like a nostalgia thing. It could be, you know what I mean? It could be an age thing. So I'm like, how old are you? I'm 25. Okay. So you're like, you know. and again, and like, you know, I, we were discussing this before, but it's like that people are getting into hardcore at like 22. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we started talking it's about that weird, today. man. It is, like, it's I mean, strange. I would love to see kids in high school. Lying to their parents like I like we like we used to do but yeah. about going to shows and I mean, like here, I don't see that anymore. Here's and it's the thing: like, I don't think you can do that anymore. Um, it's funny you say that because I've talked about this with people yeah. away from the podcast before. You know, parents like it's like with phones and stuff like that. You're tracking where your kids are. You know, you, it's like uh, like I see that happen sometimes. I've seen that happen with like uh, people associated with my family or whatever. It's like I feel like it's I feel like because of like how like tapped in everyone is to like their phone and technology. And again, and yeah, stuff, maybe it's like, just like a getting older kind of like yeah. generational thing. Uh it's like you tell your like mom and dad like, all right, I'm going to Timmy's house. Yeah. To like hang out, you know, or whatever. We're just gonna be over there. But instead you're like, all right, I'm gonna go see like uh you know, I'm gonna go see Turnstile play or something like that or whatever. Yeah. Well, you and your mom's gonna like look up, you know, your phone or whatever later and you know, be like, wait a second, you're not at Timmy's house. Like, what's going on? You know, and I, f- I feel like like people don't get this sense of freedom to do a lot of what they want to do until they're out of high school, which is so yeah, weird. But that, and that is weird. The yeah. uh, it's like, but I, so what I'm feeling is like a lack of aggression, really. Okay. Uh, I think for every, you know, really good band, there's like 20 shitty bands. Uh, it's a lot easier to just make music yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I think that there, again, I think like a good thing though is that there are a lot of bands coming out. Yeah. Like you know, uh, the numbers are kind of increasing as as uh, as much as you know, like people getting involved in it. But that's kind of a double edged sword to me too because it's like, do do I want everyone having access to hardcore music? If I'm gonna be honest, not really. I'd also say no as well because I. And again, I'm not I'm not hating on the bands that do it, but like there are bands within the hardcore community who have shifted over into a much bigger world, and right. now it's becoming way more available to people. And I think that kind of like kills the authenticity of it, and I think that kills the aggression of it because how is someone who is like a kid who's popular among the, all their friends their whole lives and like is like just a normal kid who like you know who doesn't really give a shit about it or has any like morals on anything like concrete yeah. you know what i mean like it, he if, if you come into hardcore as that kid who's like who i don't really fucking care about anything and like i'm, I'm i have a i have a dope life with my fucking yeah with, with all my friends you're who, not actually angry like soundcloud rap you know what i mean yeah. and now, now i'm going to hardcore shows yeah it's like 
are you involved in hardcore? Or are you just here to take up a fucking spot? You know, it, and it, and again, it's a double edged sword because yeah. it's like, okay, that's another body in the venue. True, but now I have like this kid who's just going to a show just to be there and then hopping online to tell me how to live my fucking life within a community that I've grown up in my whole life. Exactly. So. Exactly. You know, I, I think uh, both those are good points uh, in regards to kind of like the, the current space, from, be it from someone who's experienced, uh, you know, the genre in the very in-depth way that you've experienced it. Andrew, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, man. Uh, you know, if... Uh, you have the time, uh, go uh, to uh, Edgewood Records online. You can just type it in the search engine, look it up, and uh, order the Combust record uh, that came out recently. And uh, you know, check them out if they are in a city near you, as well as Reaction. This has been Form of Passion. Uh, I'm A. Stallings. Thanks again for checking us out.